Looking for a new high-end mascara without breaking the bank? The new L'Oreal Paris Panorama Mascara gives you a high-end lash look in a premium gold luxe packaging. It's all about panoramic volume and fully fanned out lashes. With its tapered brush, the new Panorama Mascara catches every single lash, giving you the false lash look without any of the hassle. Say goodbye to clumps and flakes, because this mascara is specially formulated to resist them all day with up to 24-hour wear. And the best part? It performs better than Lux mascaras at only a fraction of the cost. You can buy Panorama Mascara on Amazon today. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Bite, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hey guys, it's Travis Cronin, and you're listening to Us Weekly's Hot Hollywood Podcast. Today I'm joined in the virtual studio by my ladies with their ears to the Hollywood streets at the delicate porcelain-like hands on the pulse of culture. First off, we have Miss Sarah Huron, formerly known as Baby Girl. Hello, hello. And the amazing and gorgeous Gwen Flamberg is here. I mean, I like that intro, Trav. Hello. Yeah, am I amazing and gorgeous? Yes, you are amazing and gorgeous, Sarah. Thanks for asking. Thank you. You too. Well, uh, thank you so much. Um, Today, we are going to be talking about some Kardashians being torn down by former friends, the passing of a TV icon, some very religious pastor drama, pop stars in court, housewives in court, and A-listers loving drag queens to get them out of depression. Relatable content today, guys. But first, we're going to start off with some intentions. These are not for us because you know, my co-hosts are already pretty and gorgeous and smart and talented. So we're fine. But we do have some requests for celebrities. Some things we want to do, things we want to see them start doing or stop doing. Let's kick it off. Gwen Flamberg, who is your intention for this week? My intention is for Jessica Simpson. I know that's a new one. You guys are like, you never paid attention to Jessica Simpson. <laughs> I love her. I've historically loved her. And in fact, my favorite work from home footwear are Jessica Simpson shearling slippers. They're I love Jessica Simpson shearling. You guys should get them for everyone for holiday. But that is not my intention. My intention is for her to write a sequel to her book. Because I don't know if you guys heard, but her book made it on Time Magazine's top books of, of the year. And, you know, I'm just so super impressed. I love you know it. that book was the highlight of my year. So a sequel, I can't even imagine. Perhaps you are not aware, Sarah, that that book was co-written with an ex-Us Weekly writer, Kevin O'Leary, one of my favorite humans on the planet, and truly one of the best celebrity profile writers in all the land. Can oh. you get me the chapters that got left on the cutting room floor? 
Oh, I mean, we, ask, we can probably reach out. But yes, Kevin is all of his profiles, cover stories he wrote for Us Weekly. I could tell it was him in the first few sentences. He is the best. I love that intention. And I'm going to add to it, Jessica Simpson, keep making cute shoes. I have these bedazzled white boots for winter from her that are just beyond. And I'm really excited about it. Sarah Huron, uh, speaking of bedazzled shoes, I hope your intention involves them. Um, I guess it could. Okay. I know we're going to get into Larsa Pippen like to no end, but I just need my intention to go along with that because I would like the E network to put Larsa Pippen, Joyce, the makeup artist, a Monica Rose, the stylist, Jordan Woods, all Black China, all of the former Kardashian inner circle members who have been exiled for various reasons on an island or in a house somewhere and make them do the seasons of Keeping Up with Kardashians that we're not going to get anymore. Like I need all of these women who have been exiled, whether it was uh, they should have been or not, from this Kardashian family who know so many secrets to be on a television show together. Oh, God, I would love that. E. Yeah, they're getting rid of the Kardashians. They don't need to appease them anymore. Get all these ladies on to talk crap. Um, well, we are going to get into some Larsa Pippen drama today because that was hot tea spilled all over us, scolding I still have boils. But before we do, uh, speaking of someone who was left with scars, my intention is for Cassie David. Oh, sure, my God. I know. I know that my co-hosts have seen this. If you have not, Cassie David, daughter of Larry David, former ex-girlfriend, no, former girlfriend to Davidson and, you know, so much more and just, you know, great person. But she wrote a book called No One Asked for This. And she talked about the moment that she found out that her boyfriend, Pete Davidson, had moved on very quickly with Ariana Grande, said she was convulsing, shaking on this flight. And then Larry Davidson, the funniest thing to her, he said, your ancestors survived the Holocaust. You can do this. So my intention for Cassie David is, you know, just to remember her ancestors and keep that strength with her wherever she goes. I, I mainly- mean, take me back to 2018 when we were all on Instagram seeing Ariana Grande and Pete Davidson in those Harry Potter costumes, freaking out, wondering what Cassie David was thinking. Like, thank you two years later for finally giving us the best description of what happened. The hottest moment of Hollywood was from a person whose name I couldn't even pronounce a couple weeks ago, Miss Larsa Pippen. I mean, Sarah, just give us a brief overview before we go into the nitty gritty. Oh, my God. Well, so if you don't know who Larsa Pippen is, she is the estranged kind of ex-wife of Scottie Pippen. Um, the basketball player, hashtag sports. Um, they have been on and off for like basically, I think, their whole marriage in the last 20 years. Yep. And Larsa became friends with Kim, I think, around like 20, 29, uh, 2009-ish, like when Kim yep. and Courtney and all of them were always taking Miami. I and they've been Chloe's friend. No, she was Kim and Courtney's friend. Mm-hmm. Okay. I think. But she was like a friend of the family. She was definitely in this inner circle. In the last couple of years, she's actually been on Kardashians a pretty decent amount. Um, and their their kids were friends and stuff. But earlier over the summer, everyone noticed that Larsa and Kim were no longer following each other on Instagram. And that's when you know. Like they unfollow, mm-hmm. you that's know it. we're gonna find out. 
So after months, months of waiting with bated breath, Larsa did this random tell-all interview on the Hollywood Raw podcast, and she did not hold back, claiming that Kanye West has, quote-unquote, brainwashed the family against her. Oh, my God. It was wild revelations, and I had seen Larsa from every photo that the Kardashians had posted from all of their parties up until, like, a year ago. She was inner circle in this, friend for, like, a decade, like, one of the crew. But, you know, in case you didn't get to listen to Larsa's explosive tell-all podcast, don't worry, guys. We're here to do some readings for you of the bombshell moments. Sarah Huron, why don't you kick it off with my favorite, which involves Mr. Kanye West. If Kanye feels like him and Kim are better without me, then let them be without me. I'm okay with that. I will survive. I want everyone to be happy. I didn't feel any type of way. I just felt like, do what's best for your family. I love you. You and I are best friends. We've been through everything together. I would never do anything to jeopardize our relationship. We're like sisters. We're family. But if you have to unfollow me to make your home a better place, do it. He talks so much about me and this and that and this and that. And I just feel like Kanye was in this place where he just really doesn't trust anyone with Kim. Yes. And then she was saying that he brainwashed the whole family against her. It was... It was that was a wild revelation. And then, Gwen, what did she say about, uh, you know, her sort of husband, Scotty Pippen's thoughts on the dashes? I mean, you know, she said that Scotty was never into the Kardashians. She said, you know, when Scotty and I had our issues, he didn't want me hanging out with them. Scotty was not happy about my relationship with them. He didn't want me taking the kids over to their house. We had issues like that, too. And I was strong enough where I'm like, I'm going to let you dictate what I do. Oh, my God. Didn't allow the kids over the house is like a really bold statement. Well, yeah, I mean, honestly, like, I, I, don't, I don't know where I sit with this, you guys. I don't know where I sit. I, I- you know what I know? That we need The Last Dance season two to unpack Scottie Pippen's complicated relationship with the Kardashian-Jenner family. <laughs> yes, we do. Thank you. This is now a sports podcast. <laughs> uh, Larsa also, uh, you know, denies sleeping with Tristan Thompson. She'd be one of the first ladies we've had deny sleeping with Tristan Thompson. And she said this, I would never do that. That's not even my personality. If they love each other, then God bless. I think when you have a family with someone, it's really hard to break up. You do everything in order to keep your kids home together and happy. I applaud them for working things out. And I think it's great they're trying to work on their marriage. I'm really proud of them. I applaud them. Then she went on. I was kind of seeing Tristan before Chloe, before Chloe and any of them knew who he existed. I was seeing him. I had him come to LA. I brought him to a party Kim had, and I introduced him to all of them. Then a week later, or like 10 days later, he started seeing Chloe, which is fine. I don't even care. It's whatever. <laughs> I never cared that Chloe was with him after me. Also, wasn't it? Wasn't it Larsa who like busted open Sarah? I see Sarah nodding because I remember when we did that role play many moons ago, Mm -hmm. she was the one who busted open that Jordan Woods had made up with him, right? Yep, you know it. Miss phone call. She's the one who told the Kardashians first. And Jordan tweeted on Monday, make it all make sense, thinking emoji. And liked a bunch of tweets basically calling out Larsa for being a hypocrite and like having her own guilt about her. I guess, relationship with Tristan and then putting Jordan on blast and trying to like shift the blame. You know, I'm just, I just want to tell you guys and all of our listeners that at this point in the pandemic, 
this is the Kardashian content that we never knew we needed. <laughs> totally. <laughs> Who knew Larsa Pippen was holding the tea that was going to get us through a, 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 a weird week? I, I don't know, but it really was. Well, and then, you know, would you like to do a reading of what happened when she bumped into Travis Scott at a nightclub? Kylie Jenner's baby daddy. And I quote, I ran into Travis Scott one night at a club and Travis called Kylie and said I was hitting on him. That never happened. So then they were like, Kanye says this. And then she was hitting on Travis. By the way, that never happened. I left with the same people I came with. That never freaking happened. I know he raps about being the highest in the effing room. So maybe clearly he was the highest in the effing room. He imagined all this shit because it never happened. Ooh, she's, she's a little angry about something that never happened. Well, and it, it makes Travis Scott feel so petty that she probably like said hi to him and she was like, oh, Larsa was all over me. Like, screw her. Okay, but in Travis Scott's defense, he watched what happened with Tristan and Jordan. Yeah, and even yeah. though they did kiss, we thought that they had like made a sex tape in the middle of the room with how quickly it blew up. So he wanted to cover his bases and make sure that Kylie didn't think he was out here bumping and grinding with Larsa at the club. Which, by the way, Larsa's like 46. And yeah. Travis Scott is like 26. So, you know, that's fine. And, you know, that happens all the time. And Gwen, why don't you tell us about uh, why Larsa blocked Kanye's number? I mean, she said maybe because I blocked him on my phone because I couldn't bear taking his calls anymore. I can't. I'm drained. So I blocked him on my phone. Obviously, that really upset him, she said. So he turned that into, oh, she's this and she's that. They all started to ride his wave. If you're that easily swayed, like the wind, then do I really give a F? I don't know. Was I hurt by it? Yes. But at the same time, I'm like, I've done nothing. I've never done one thing. I've been the most honest and truthful best friend to all of them. Whew. Sarah, here on final thoughts on all of this. Um, I mean, I think it's kind of hilarious that the Kardashians haven't even bothered to respond. Not even a cryptic post. That's like, wow, Larsa, that's got to hurt. Like you, you want like, you know, some sort of reaction from them, but they clearly don't care. I hope I'm really hoping that they haven't wrapped Kardashians yet. I would love to see them read mm -hmm. this Revelations article I wrote live on the show. <laughs> Um, I'm, I'm hoping Chloe got my DM. You know, I sent it to her. And yeah, I just thank you, Larsa, for your service. And I hope you call Joyce and Monica Rose because they're your new friends now because you, you are never going to be back in with the Kardashians. It's I feel like they haven't posted a cryptic message because what she says is that Kanye used to call her at 3 a.m., 4 a.m., go on his rants, which we know that he does. And then he turned the whole family against her for seemingly no reason. And they're sort of like, oh, damn, that is sort of what happened. Larsa was right. Now we're going to move on to a question that we didn't have answers to at the end of last week, but now we have all the answers. We are talking about Pastor Carl, Mr. Lentz, head of the Hillsong Church, who, if you listened last week, knew stepped down from his, well, was forced to step down, fired from being the head pastor of Hillsong Church because of uh, moral issues. But Sarah Huron, tell the kids what had happened. Right. Right after we finished recording, Carl took to Instagram and he gave us the answers that we wanted and admitted he had an affair and was unfaithful to his fellow minister pastor wife. Now, this woman, Rannon, is that her name? Yes, Rannon, who did Rannon, confirm to us. 
yes, has given a um, tell-all interview to the New York Post about their alleged romance. Carl did not give specific names or numbers um, for his mistresses, but I guess she came out and did it for him. And I just there was a few um, notes from her interview that I would like to read, including that when they first met, he put her phone number in his notes app. Which, you know, she said was a red flag that he wasn't just adding to the context, but she still proceeded to, you know, talk to this man. Then she said that he called her his Middle Eastern unicorn woman. Oh, God. And she said all of his messages are linked to the iCloud. He's not a really good cheater because someone from Hillsong saw the messages. And it's also important to note that the Biebers have left the building. Haley and Justin Bieber have unfollowed the lenses. Mm. Yep, They're going, they're siding with God on this one. Yeah. Well, wait a second. You know, Justin had bought Carl Lenz his house in Toronto. So I wonder what's going to happen with the house. I bet he paid cash. It's fine. Wasn't I wasn't Carl the one that Justin Bieber moved into his house when he was going through his like Xanax withdrawal and like somehow Carl Lenz like magically cured him of his substance abuse issues. Like I want to know that conversation behind the scenes. Yes, he did. And then baptized him in a basketball player's bathtub to really get the Xanax all the way out of his system. Um, well, moving on from all of this, you know, plucky upbeat news to the saddest news of the week, Alex Trebek, the dad, the grandfather, the uncle of America, who we all loved so much has passed. What Uh, is heartbreak, Travis? And this is heartbreak for 2000. This was my biggest heartbreak for 2020. Absolutely. Alex Trebek, you know, as he was very public with, lost his battle with pancreatic cancer on Sunday. And his wife, Jean, just yesterday shared a photo from their wedding of him putting the ring on her and said, my family and I sincerely thank you for all your compassionate message, for all of your compassionate messages and generosity. Your expressions have truly touched our hearts. Thank you very much. Many blessings to you all, Jean Trebek. And and then Alex was of course, was quoted in People magazine earlier this year as saying, I'm alive because of Jean. If it weren't for her pushing me, I would have put myself out a long while ago. And it's just heartbreaking. And I just, you know, want to give it up to Alex Trebek and just say thank you for making us all smarter and just feel better in this world. And it's just so, so sad. No, we'll be able to see him on Jeopardy until Christmas Day, his last episode airs since they pre-taped them. Like, that's just like... Wild. Wild. Yeah, that it's nice that he can like live on through our television screens for a couple more and please answer in the form of a question. Okay, uh, Gwen, let's take a side turn because this is too sad and talk about Dominic West and oh uh, Lily James and another Dominic. You know that I'm obsessed with this story, Travis. You know yes. that I am. So Dominic West was seen with his wife for the first time since those photos of he and co-star Lily James passionately embracing. So it just goes to prove that you may or may not be in an open marriage, but you still can exercise with your spouse because Dominic and his wife were seen on a run on a small road near their home in England. And meanwhile, Lily was spotted having dinner at a Greek restaurant in London called Lamonia, which now, as soon as I can get to London, as soon as I can get on a plane and another country will let us in whilst not on lockdown, I've got to look, go to Lamonia. But yeah. Lily was spotted at Lamonia with her Mamma Mia co-star, Dominic Cooper. 
Dominic Cooper. Dominic Cooper, the other Dominic. The other two Dominics. I think she went out to dinner with the second Dominic just to sort of like break up the news cycle that when you Google Lily James and Dominic, it comes up with her co-star who she's not seen necking with and like making out with at a restaurant. Sarah Huron. That's genius. That would be very crafty. Or maybe she just only cavorts with men named Dominic. Also a possibility that she only likes the doms in her life. In you know Mamma Mia 2 is my favorite movie. So this this, this really this really hurt me that Lily James is, you know, not maybe a great human. Um, but maybe you we know We don't know that. We don't I said maybe Sarah Heron. We don't know. We don't, we don't know. It could be totally fun. Our Cinderella could still be a princess in our eyes after all of this. But I really do think I really do think she went out with her Mamma Mia Dominic just to break up the Google searches of her and that. Let's move on and talk about, you know, housewives going to court. There has Erica Jane, as of course we mentioned on this podcast, we love the pretty mess. We are pretty messes ourselves. She has filed for divorce from her much, much older husband, and she is requesting something else. Sarah Huron, why don't you tell us what's going down? Yes, we know that Erica and Tom did not sign a prenup, so it should be interesting to see this way it plays out. But she has requested spousal support from Tom in the divorce documents, which we have obtained. She cited irreconcilable differences. She didn't list a date of separation, which is usually my favorite part of celebrity divorce documents because we find out how long they've secretly not been seeing each other or they um, lie like Justin Hartley and Chriselle, and we don't know the truth. Um, mm-hmm. And she also asked Tom to pay her attorney's fees and demanded that the court block her estranged husband from seeking spousal support from her. So this is interesting. Interesting, just because obviously Erica has, you know, gone on to have success on Housewives and through Housewives, her music career, which she had before, has obviously, you know, risen. And he has had a lot of legal trouble with his law firm and has been in some lawsuits. So it should be really interesting to see how much money she does get if, you know, the court does make her pay for her own fees because she does not have the means to do it. And what happens with these two with with the fortune that we don't really know what 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 it is anymore because of some of this legal stuff. I'm I'm fascinated. Uh, me too. I'm wondering if there's any money for her to request at all. I know. We've had another, we've had a big, you know, we've had a lot of courtroom dramas here on the Us, Ho- Us Weekly's Hot Hollywood podcast that we have to talk about. But my favorite of the week is the new developments in the Free Britney case, as it's being called. And the Free Britney case is a little confusing. So, you know, in August, Britney told the court through her lawyer that she didn't want her dad running her finances anymore and she wanted to put Jody Montgomery in this role. This Tuesday, the judge ruled against Brittany taking her dad off the conservatorship, and then Brittany's lawyer had some really dramatic words. Brittany's lawyer says, that she lacks the mental capacity to sign a sworn declaration in her conservatorship case and pretty much said that she was like a comatose victim, not able to sign. Like he likened her to someone who was in a vegetative state, not being able to sign any papers in their defense or say anything. And that was just crazy to me that her own lawyer is saying that she does not have any wherewithal to sign any document to get her dad out. So that delayed the court case until December when we are going to find out what's going on. Sarah, here on your reaction to this wild day in court. I mean, you know, as always, the whole Britney situation makes me confused, sad, nervous. Um, I want her to be happy. Obviously, I'm team Britney. I think we all are. Um, I think that they should be able to find someone 
you know, to take over who isn't her dad. Because from my understanding, she's okay with the conservatorship if there's some, you know, new uh, amendments made and some more freedoms. And it's someone who is going to give her that. And her dad is not going to be one of them. And the fact that, you know, she said her she's never going to perform if her dad's involved. It's it's just very telling. And everything we kind of thought speculation was kind of confirmed. Absolutely. And she I think that was like also the most shocking thing. She says, I won't perform if my dad is getting the money here. Y'all are getting no Britney tours or music because she doesn't want her dad getting it. It's crazy. Gwen, thoughts on all of this sadness? Or are you just focused on the peasant blouse tops? You know, I do love when Brittany wears her favorite peasant blouse, which she wears quite often. But, you know, I just, I'm, I, how many years has it been since I've been rooting for Brittany? You know, 2007, 2008. Yeah, it's a good like 13 years rooting for Brittany. Oh my God, 13 years. Well, hopefully it's resolved soon. Well, my co-hosts are lovely and intelligent, but they are also gluttons for self-promotion. So I've been, you know, pretty much required from their antics to carve out some time for them to self-promote. But luckily, I'm very interested in their topic material. So let's go to their little corners. Sarah Huron, tell us there's a lot going on with The Bachelorette. Give me, you know what I like, give me the highlights. In my own little corner. Um, (laughs) That was my Cinderella. Um, Okay, so obviously you can get your full scoop on Us Weekly's Here for the the right reasons bachelor podcast we've had really good guests lately you guys go listen you know this was a big week in the bachelor we finally had Tasha. after all the speculation meeting the men she got four new guys who were originally cast in claire's squad claire had 42 guys um brought to palm springs in july they sent 11 home to give her her 31 to meet on her premiere um a week into filming according to my calculations is when they called these 11 guys and they were basically like who can test negative for Corona and wants to come back and meet someone else. So they got four takers. So Tasha ended up meeting 20 men um, and definitely had connections with some of them. One of them almost too much that she was starting to say, this could be my husband. And I was having PTSD to the Claire and Dale 12 day engagement. And then the other thing on the episode was we did see Claire and Dale again. Chris Harrison interviewed them and some people were, you know, a little, a little fatigued with Claire and Dale. I think maybe we should have taken a week off um, before this exclusive sit down where they said everything we already knew. Um, but they're in South Dakota going strong, spending time with his family and, you know, all is right in Bachelor Nation. We have a bachelorette who wants to be there and we have another couple to see how long they last. That is very true. I do hope they last. They seem like they both, you know, love the attention that they're getting, but also hopefully really love each other. You need the mix. You you gotta have the mix. You gotta have your, that's the right reason to stay with someone is fame and you sort of like them. That's all the bachelor couples really need. Gwen, tell us what's going on in the style and beauty world. So you guys, the CMA Awards were last night, the Country Music Awards, and drumroll please, for the first time since the pandemic, we had an actual real red carpet. So you guys have got to go to usmagazine.com slash stylish to see every hot look on the red carpet. We had Marin Morris. We had Miranda Lambert, model Taylor Hill looking gorgeous with new short hair. There is so many gorgeous looks to see you guys. Check it out. 
it was I and I usually love Carrie Underwood's red carpet style, but sparkly like one shoulder gown was not giving me the life that Carrie Underwood usually gives me. You know, I like seeing her legs. I like her in those like micro minis. I really do. Me too. You know, the CMAs were interesting because they, you know, it was refreshing to see people in person and like a red carpet, but it also scared, terrified me that there were this many people sitting in the room with no masks when five different people had to pull out because of Corona. And yeah. I'm sure, you know, the country music world in Nashville, pretty small. They might've been interacting with some of those people. So I'm a little worried it's going to turn into like a super spreader event, but it was <laughs> nice to have like a sense of normalcy for a second and see a, a, a red carpet of sorts. I mean, I feel like they should have had the red carpet but then sent everybody home. Yeah, <laughs> or sent it outside. We should have had them sitting inside yeah. um, together, but it was so refreshing to see people on a red carpet. I have to Ugh, seriously, red carpet photos coming in was like my lifeblood. Well, we ha- we've talked about country royalty. Let's talk about real royalty. Pulled from <laughs> our cover story this week. I mean, a lot of people want to know what Queen Elizabeth is going to do. And we have heard from sources that Charles will serve as king with Duchess Camilla by his side. A source of, a source exclusively says in our new issue, this is something that Charles has dreamed about his entire life. He sees it as his birthright and Her Majesty would find it extremely difficult to deprive him of that. The source went on to say Charles has made it quite clear that he intends to slim down the monarchy and reduce the number of full-time working members. Charles is in first in line and the Queen is, of course, 94 now and has held this position since 1952 and then of course it will go down to prince william and then prince george so we finally have some source confirmation saying that you know charles is going to get what he's always wanted gwen i know you want to say something well here's the thing i'm i'm not buying a lot of this i do not believe that queen elizabeth who you guys know i'm obsessed with she is my queen I don't believe that she's going to step down anytime soon. I believe that she will be sovereign until she passes away, which obviously is probably not happening tomorrow. Her mom lived well into her, you know, hundreds and Queen Elizabeth is rather sprightly. Um, Succession does dictate that Charles is the next in line. So I don't believe that Queen Elizabeth would pass him over. She can't because he is next in line in the line of succession. So he will become king when Queen Elizabeth passes away. However, I believe that it would then be up to him if he chose to abdicate the throne, which may or may not happen. I believe that he may rule for a very short amount of time or he may um create a new modern monarchy that would give the people what they want. I do believe that everybody feels that the monarchy needs to shift into a new modern monarchy. And I think that William and Kate have been sort of primed to step into that. It'll be interesting to see what happens. But uh, quite honestly, I don't think that it's happening tomorrow. I don't. It's not going to happen tomorrow. But I can you can I think we can all feel Prince Charles just wanting this monarchy. He's like, I've been waiting like 70 goddamn years for this throne. Give me the jewels. But, you know, I think he has his he's very environmentally. uh, Yeah. Like, I think that he has his work that he does that he will continue to pour himself into Mm -hmm. regardless of, of where he sits in monarchy. Can we talk about the snub real quick, though? Remembrance Day? 
Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Sarah, why don't you tell the listeners what uh, another slap in the face for Harry and Meghan? I mean, I feel like it's been a minute since we had like a confirmed update with the royals. We've kind of just been waiting for if Harry's going to show up for Christmas. And, you know, you can not, bl- I guess, kind of blame Corona, but also, you know, it is a valid excuse why he hasn't been back to London and stuff with Meghan or with Archie. But over the weekend, it was Remembrance Day in London, which is when they lay down wreaths for fallen soldiers. And Harry, I guess, requested for a wreath to be laid where they normally do it, like in his in his name, the way he they always do. And they the palace denied the request. And then Harry and Meghan were seen looking very, you know, sad and solemn at an at Los Angeles cemetery, you know, having their own version of this. Oh, my this God. Thing. I was like, I was shook. I was pretty shook, too. And those photos of them, like, looking really sad, just doing it on their own. It kind of gave me, like, Heidi and Spencer, like, Spidey paparazzi vibes. <laughs> Even though I'm sure it was real. Like, they actually probably felt, you know, I Harry served. Like, I, I'm not denying Absolutely. that. Absolutely. We're not but trying to take away his veteran. His no, of course not. Of course service. not. Just the vibe. Of it, like being seen sad in a cemetery after you were snubbed at a different cemetery, like it was a lot for me. It's very Heidi and Spencer set up, yeah. But here's the thing you know, they chose to leave their royal duties, they chose to basically leave the royal family, and so that's it, you know, like yeah. out, you out, you want to spend Remembrance Day remembering, which I feel what they should have done, you're gonna do it on your own where you want to do it, and that's all right. Sarah, here on another Housewives update, why don't you tell us about Teresa Judice Judice, if you're nasty, and her new man? Yes. Um, two months after Teresa and Joe finalized their divorce and about 10 months after they finally pulled the plug, Teresa is off the market. She has a new man named Louis Luis Louis Ruluas. Um, he is a 46-year-old father of two from New Jersey. They were spotted canoodling at, I believe, one of his son's football games. And then Teresa confirmed the news and said, I'm so excited to introduce my new boyfriend. And a source told us that the romance is very new, but they are very happy. I'm happy she's moved on from Juicy Joe. He was just so terrible to her. But, you know, in a celebrity who's equally as iconic and famous, Gwen, why don't you tell us what happened with Victoria and David Beckham? Oh, my God. It was so much fun. Well, you guys, it was a post that they did for Remembrance Day when David and and Victoria posed with their red poppies for Remembrance Day. But David was wearing like these crazy gigantic wellies that were like clearly too big for his calves. And a lot of people made fun on the Instagram. So Victoria then posted a meme on her story comparing David to Gaston from Beauty and the Beast saying, nice boots, Gaston. What I want to know is what is the most memorable outfit of Victoria Beckham's that you guys have ever seen her wear that you love? Oh, God. Well, I think Victoria Beckham's, when I think of her most iconic look, it is definitely her in 2001 at the VMAs with David Beckham when she had that platinum blonde hair, those fresh implants, brown (laughs) spray tan, never a skinnier person, just like full peak. 2000s i just i loved it plastic fantastic amazing i think i just gotta go classic that black little black dress she was always wearing with the spice a little girls. Gucci dress when she was posh her little yeah. posh lbd i love all of her victoria beckham designs that are kind of like form-fitting really um just like bold color sexy but classy dresses mm-hmm. but You know, I can't even comment on Victoria without bringing up my other queen, Harper Beckham. Oh, yes. 
aged seven, but wears like the most magnificent Victoria Beckham fashions ever. They, they all of the Victoria Beckham ready to wear pieces get tailored to be <laughs> sized for Harper. Is she nine now or is she still seven? I don't I think know. She's seven. No, I she's think she's nine. She's definitely under 10, you guys. Yeah. She's like <laughs> seven in my mind, but I do think she's nine now. I also think that just my favorite Victoria Beckham fashion moment is her turning from that like um, skinny, large breasted, blonde bombshell, like very plastic pop star into like chic, chic, French atelier looking yeah. fashion house designer. Amazing. Good glow. Totally. totally. Confirmed Her- she's nine. Oh, nine. confirmed she's nine. All Her right. Her clothes remind me of, especially the original Victoria Beckham designs when she launched her line. They reminded me so much of Roland Moray. Uh-huh. So she totally went that like French atelier. Um, yeah. Awesome. Oh, absolutely. She nailed it. Yeah. Um, well, another celebrity interview that I was obsessed with this week was Cameron Diaz on Sarah Heron's close and personal friend, Danny Pellegrino's podcast. Um, my favorite moment from it, because I know you listened and well wrote it up after I listened to it, actually, Sarah. I listened but... to it too, in line to get a coronavirus test. Uh, okay. Very nice. You listened to it too. And the corona, yep, great to get tested. But my favorite was that Cameron Diaz said that she was on a plane last year. She had just seen a friend who had lost a parent and she was in a really depressed, sad place. And she started watching RuPaul's Drag Race on the plane. She watched two episodes from season 11 and then went home, started at season one, watched all, I think there's 12 seasons now, all the all-stars, the one from Canada, the one from the UK, and that it like brought her out of her depression funk. And I thought that was so cool. But Sarah, what are your favorite? Cameron Diaz revelations for Danny. Yeah, it was so good. I mean, this whole interview was so like stars. They're just like us. Like it felt relatable. They were talking about their wine. They were talking about reality TV. If you are a fan of Danny Pellegrino, you should listen to him on Us Weekly's Here for the Right Reasons podcast last week. He's watching The Bachelor for the first time. You had your time. So funny. Okay, I'm just saying. Um, but I loved this whole interview. And my favorite part was when um, Cameron and her best friend Catherine Power, who co-founded the wine with her, they're all obviously really close to Nicole Richie, who is Cameron's sister sister-in-law um and they revealed that nicole richie watches newlyweds nick and jessica on youtube which is something i do so it was so stars are just like us and after we wrote this up nicole richie saw the post screenshotted it put it on her instagram story and said i will not be shamed newlyweds is the best reality show of all time and i agree and i'm not shaming you nicole richie i'm not shaming you i was praising you and just sharing sharing this information that newlyweds is on youtube Absolutely. We were not shaming her. We all love an old 2000s reality show. I went through like a phase where I'd watch all the Rock of Loves and I I should have much more shame than newlyweds. But it was really fun because we never get to hear from Cameron anymore. She's completely stepped out of the spotlight. And it really was stars. They're just like us. And Danny Pellegrino is a huge My Best Friend's Wedding fan. So we asked like a million questions about that. It was just really cute to see him like fanboying over that moment. All right, guys, do you know what it's time for? Oh, my God, something exciting. Are we going to boss? It's time for Celebrity Birthday Boxing Media. Sarah Huron, we're going to start with you. We have Leonardo DiCaprio, who's turning 46 this week, versus Pete Davidson, who is turning 27 this week. Wow. You know, I think Pete maybe would have won, but after Cassie put him on blast in her new book of essays, and by the way, apparently they're on good terms. He was in the acknowledgments, but 
I don't know if he's going to love all of this. So I think Leo gets gets to knock out a weak Pete Davidson who is reliving his whirlwind drama of 2018 and he's a little busy. Oh, sorry, Pete. Sorry, Pete. Well, he is knocked out and as he said on SNL, looks like he needs more blood. Gwen Flamberg, our next lineup is Danny DeVito who turns 75 this week versus mm-hmm. Jodie Foster who oh. turns 58 this week. You know, this is a real tough one and not just because Danny DeVito is a little um, miniature in size. Because mm-hmm. Jodie Foster, she is tough, yep. but she's also highly conscious and she would want Danny DeVito to not feel like he's the other because he's short. Oh. So she would like step aside and let him just do a, a little tap and she'd fall right over. Oh my God, she didn't want him to feel other. This is my favorite celebrity birthday boxing match ever. So happy. Well, we have a round two, guys. We're on to you, Sarah Huron. We have Meg Ryan, who turns 59 this week, versus Goldie Hawn, who turns 74 this week. Oh my God. I feel like that's really hard. I think they would just kind of hug and hang out and talk about how iconic they are. Not beat each other up. But if I have to choose, I'm a first wives club girl. I got to go Goldie. Oh, we got to go Goldie. It was a tough one. I'm sorry to put you in that really hard yeah, position. Don't ever Sarah. do that to me again. I'm sorry. I'm definitely going to do it to you again. Um, Gwen Flamberg, our last battle of the night before the finals, we have Allison Janney, who's going to turn 60 this week. God damn, she looks good. Yes, versus Goldie Hawn, who just stepped out of the ring winning her first battle at 74. I mean, again, a tough one. Allison Janney on her incredibly tight, fabulous body at 60 deserves mm-hmm. an honorable mention. But yeah. when she's not looking, Goldie would just push her overboard and she would stay on the phone. She'd... All right. Well, Sarah, here on it has come down to a three-way final battle. We have Leonardo DiCaprio, 46 years old. We have Danny DeVito, who got in just by the skin of his little teeth. <laughs> and we have Goldie Hawn, 75, triple fight smackdown. Yeah, well, somehow Goldie Hawn got the short end of the stick and had to make it past two rounds, make it to the final. So obviously we're going to give her the win and she's going to get the cold crown. Yay! Make sense. No, ding, ding, ding. She won. She had to fight so, so hard. Justice for Goldie. Well, thank you guys for indulging my celebrity boxing wishes and dreams. And that is all we have for you this week on Us Weekly's Hollywood Podcast. Do not forget to like, subscribe, tell your friends to like and subscribe. Yell at random strangers on the street. Not, you know, we love a guerrilla grassroots organization. And of course, go to usmagazine.com for all of your news. Pick up an Us Weekly at, you know, we pretty much are sold everywhere. And or if you're waiting in line for a Corona test, great to do and thank you guys for joining us and we will be back next week with all of the hottest messiest and most fun celebrity news of the week thank you guys thank you.